I'm just ducky. I'm com- I'm continuing my eating crow tour today. So uh, oh, oh. the next stop in the tour. Yeah. Okay. And like and like I said, I'll make sure I'll make sure to keep Veronica at bay. But no, she... none at all. I deserve it all. I deserve it all. She... By all means, bring it. She loves serving it. So well, let's um sure. um are you all set? Yeah, I'm ready. Babe. All set. Ready go. All right. Well then, ladies, five. Four, four, three, two, two, and one. One. Hello world, here's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Welcome back, everybody. It's a new week. We finally have a regular episode of the uh, Happy Hour uh, in store for you this evening with a guest. My name is David Auger, and I'm at MetalDave01 on Twitter.com, and I'm joined, as always, by Beth. Hi, I'm at H-I-V-E-R-H-I-T on Twitter. And Veronica. Playoffs, baby. That's I'm right. H-I-L-E underscore Pepper on Twitter. Oh, man. Just love to just yes. sink the knife and just twist it in. And we're the happy hour <laughs> at happy hour also on Twitter.com. And we have a guest joining us this evening. Uh, none other then uh one of the people from uh king uh, at kings of the crowd uh <laughs> kings of the pod <laughs> ah, i tried i you know i tried practicing this so much before i got into it but also part of the fourth period we have dennis bernstein with us this evening dennis how are you doing oh guys i'm i'm doing great it, i look <laughs> i keep my promises Yes. Right? Yes. I promised that word. if the Habs beat the Penguins, I would come back on, and you guys would explain to me how wrong I was. So here I am. I'm sure you've been rubbing your hands together since what Thursday or whatever that day was, where the Penguins actually crapped all over the ice. So yes. So congratulations, guys. It was yes. deserved. It wasn't lucky. The the better team won. 100. percent It was what a. It was such a. Um, I wasn't shocked, but my whole thing, and I've explained it on episodes prior, but my whole um, view on this was the, the the Habs had that exhibition game against the Leafs, and they did not look all that great, and that's when I despaired. But then that first game against the Penguins happened, and it was like you were, it was night and day, the difference between the caliber of play that the Habs were bringing to the ice. But, um, you know, I've talked about that a lot, and the Habs really stepped up, and, uh, well... Veronica, why don't you talk about this a bit? <laughs> well, and we also talked about it, um, Dave, after that exhibition game. It's like hmm. similar to me, Dennis, I'm, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I wonder if you agree. Similar to me, um, that exhibition game where, I mean, the Leafs really wanted to win that game. And the Habs were just kind of playing. And it seemed kind of like the, the round robin to me, yeah. sort of like the care like effort level. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wasn't concerned after that exhibition game, but I just wanted to hear from you. What, what's, what was your impression of the series other than the quick rundown that you just gave us? Well, (laughs) um, a masterful job by Claude Julien. He was clearly the better coach. I mean, he had his team ready. His team was confident. Uh, Look, the, the concern I have is, you know, you used Shea Weber and, um, Petrie and uh, you know a lot in this series, so I just worry about you. But he 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 won the matchups. Um, he had the better goaltender, which he knew coming in, and he instilled confidence in this team from the outset. The, the, you know, it's I think what he did was he prepared. If you watch the first two games, it looked like um, like a heavyweight fighter who was a, 
undefeated and who was a bully, and he tries to knock out everybody in the first round. And when he doesn't knock every the person out, the the opponent out in the first round, right? He he gets tired and he loses his confidence. So if you saw the first two games, right, at the first ten minutes, Pittsburgh came hard. They came hard. They wanted to knock him out. They wanted to get a two three goal lead. Couldn't do it, right? Um, they did it in game two when Sid scored, but I think that. The coaching job by Claude was fantastic. The defense played great. Carey, no surprise, was what, 945 safe percentage? They needed that. But you saw after the first game, I'm sure when they walked into the room after the game, they go, we can beat these guys. And one of the keys, I think, also was, if you look at Geno Malkin, who's a Hall of Famer, who's been a great player for a long time in this league, when he doesn't have early success, he gets really frustrated. He makes bad decisions. He makes He takes bad shots. He takes penalties. And the Habs just frustrated him. And to have two, you know, Phil Dano and two 20-year-old centers, like, outplay their centers was just stunning. I mean, some of the stuff you could predict because Claude, people forget Claude's won a Stanley Cup. Like, he's a really good coach. And going in, he probably closed the doors and said, like, nobody is picking us to win. No one. Like, so we're going to show them. So I, I just think the mentality of this team, um, look, can you predict anything, Veronica? No, because when you look at the the round robin games, half those teams don't care. Boston yeah. care. St. Louis doesn't care. So you have to minimize. Although they did look bad against the Maple Leafs, it wasn't the same matchup, and they had a, you know an older Pittsburgh team who didn't have solid goaltending, have two disastrous defensemen and Jack Johnson and, and Justin Schultz, and they took advantage of that. They were the smarter, better team. So I think that's my assessment of it. Now. You know, it's going to be a different story with Philadelphia, right, because they're clearly a better team. But I think the full credit goes to this team for, for doing what they did. And it's not even five games. They beat them in four. It's not like, okay, they went to five and they got a lucky bounce in overtime. Kerry made a great save. They clearly won this series. At the end of it, when they shook hands, you knew who was the better team. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, something else that was really surprising when, uh, to me, on top of everything else that you mentioned, uh, Dennis, uh, something that sticks out to me is that not only did the Habs eventually like really start outplaying the Penguins after yeah. Game Two, probably in Game Three, but they out hit the Penguins oh, yes. every game and by wide margins. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't do the math, but the first game, 53 hits the 30. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is incredible. And the Habs, you know, they're built. They they are a smaller team, younger team, faster. Not really built for physicality, but Whatever, uh, you know, Claude was saying to those guys, they wanted to put a beat down on the Penguins. And I think that's definitely a big contributor to that. Well, Dave, I think you point out one guy for that, the captain, right? Oh, yeah. He wasn't messing around. Like, if you got within a couple of feet of him near the net, you, you were going to pay the price. That was the old Shea Weber that they traded for. And last time I checked, they probably won that trade at this point, right? So um, yep. so, so that's it. I mean, Shea Weber set the tone for this team. Now, Kakanyemi scored some big goals, which I didn't see happening. And Nick Suzuki playing 20 minutes a night as a number two center. Like, if you had told me that coming in, like, I would have <laughs> kept saying Pittsburgh in two, to be honest with you. <laughs> but the kid wrote to the occasion, and that's what happens in these games because it's the Fan Cup playoffs. And, look, four and a half months off. All these predictions you can throw out the window, but this team really responded in a big spot. And, you know, in, in retrospect, you could say they played the right team because I, I think I brought this up with you guys. The Pittsburgh's 2-10 and 10 in their last 12 playoff games. They don't know how to win playoff games anymore. Like, they, they just don't make big plays. They have made enough big plays to win it. And going, in, going into game four, 
Like they should have been the favorites. They were the team. They were ready to win the games. And it was just a fantastic job by this. And not only that, consider this. They won the series without Domi, Tatar, Gallagher, and Deno scoring a goal. Yes. So, that, so yep. consider that, right? That, that's mind-boggling. So if you give the Habs a shot against Philly, he's like, if these guys raise their level, like they can really, they can give them trouble. I, I think this is a long series. Um, but yeah, again, like look who scored for this team, right? Jeff Petrie had, a, you know, obviously a huge goal in overtime, but they won without some of their major players not scoring a goal. But that's what Stanley Cup playoff hockey is. If you look at the number of goals, you know, all of them are sports better. And so I bet a lot of the unders, like these are, these are, there's no five, four games. There's no six, five games in the, in the postseason. These are all low scoring games. I think part of it is because they did have four and a half months off these teams. They can't build chemistry right away. Right. So I think that other than maybe, you know, Connor and Leon on the power play against Chicago is not really good defensively. Other than that, he's got all scoring games. So if Carey's going to save at 945 percentage, they're going to be in every game. These are going to be close games. So it's going to be the team that makes least mistakes. And this team played smart. They didn't rush into plays. They took their time. They were aggressive when they had to be, but they didn't make errors of commission when they were pressed by Pittsburgh. They hung in there. They needed Carey to make some big saves, obviously. But they played Stanley Cup winning hockey. That's what you need to do in the playoffs. And doubt. how do you like Kotkaniemi now? Um, <laughs> hey, if it's, I think he's a great three C. I think you know it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because he's gonna have to line up against maybe I don't know maybe Scott Lawton or somebody. It's gonna be a very interesting um, series yeah. because this team doesn't have playoff experience. They're playing right, other than maybe Giroux a little bit. They they've never won a cup. They haven't been close to the playoffs. This is gonna be very interesting because I think when you look at the rosters and look. I can compare the Habs to every roster. I'm going to say the other roster is better. Right? But what they don't have is playoff experience. Now they have a great coach behind the bench in AV. He hasn't won a cup, but he's taken two different teams to a, post, uh, to a Stanley Cup final. This is going to be very interesting because if the Habs can get out to a lead in game one or you know, win a, you know, split the first two games, Philly hasn't been. Who in that room, maybe other than Matt Niskanen, is going to rain, and you have a 20-year-old goaltender who's admitted the first time he played against Carey Price, he was looking, he was distracted, <laughs> looking down the ice at his idol. So he's probably drooling, didn't play well in that game. So there's <laughs> opportunities for 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 the Habs to maybe win the series. I won't pick them to win the series, but I think that this is going to be more competitive because I think that the Habs got a better um, draw than playing a more veteran team like. Washington, or like maybe Tampa Bay, who's on their last legs, maybe because of the injuries in Tampa Bay, that would have been better. But again, this is a team that really hasn't been there in Philadelphia. So it's going to be very, very interesting. But Kakanyemi, look, and I said this going in, like if they if they go no further, the experience those two centers got, Nick and Isperi, this goes a long, long way. Because mm-hmm. next season, this is like easy now. I went through the harping. I faced Sidney Crosby and Geno Malkin in the playoff series, and I won it. Right, so this is fantastic experience for these two guys who doubt it. And maybe Ryland Paling ever wakes up. Maybe you can add him to the mix as well. But um, yeah, the kids came through and they weren't they didn't shrink in the spotlight. They they weren't intimidated by the big stage, which I think as a half fan in the big picture, you have to be very happy about. Absolutely. Yeah, that was one of the things we were really wondering about going into the series is how uh, Claude will uh you know deploy the kids. And when he switched Suzuki with Deneau to match him against Crosby and Malkin, you know, uh, switching up uh, the deployments as he wanted to, I was sold. And the results, well, they speak for themselves. The Habs, yeah. Habs ended up uh, winning that series 
rather confidently. Um, they won relatively easy, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you knew coming down the stretch, like you knew they weren't, you knew they were going to make the big play. When I watch this game, I'm like, they're going to win this game, like incredible sensation. <laughs> but they, they didn't really make any mistakes, right? I mean, they they really did. They didn't go into the penalty box that much, and when they did, they defended the the, the penalty yes. kill. You know, look, the penalty kill is it obviously comes out. Your best penalty killer is your goaltender, right? And Curry was great on the penalty kill against Pittsburgh. Um, but again, like all the confidence and being a team that, you know, nobody picked them to beat, it goes a long way the next round. For sure. Yeah. And speaking of the Flyers, I, I only did like a quick look at the roster since I, you know, it's, it's all Habs all the time with us. But yes. I'm surprised to see that. Uh, the Flyers, they're going to be missing Voracek, Lindblom, and Nolan Patrick as well due to injuries and day-to-day days? Yeah, yeah. There's a question mark about, oh. about Voracek. But, um, you know, Giroud, and again, this just goes back to the whole thing about the playing round. Like, Claude Giroud didn't play well in the playing right. round. He was visible. He really didn't play well. Now, is he just Biden as Thomas and these are BS games and I don't really care? Fine. Right. I, I think what you really got to look out for for this team is not even that line. You got to look at Scott Lawton, Kevin Hayes, and Travis Konechny. Those guys were playing. They were playing hard in a, in, in a meaningful round. Now, they wound up winning it because of those guys. Scott Lawton had three goals in three games. That's a really dangerous line. Um, and they have some veterans. They have, like, you know, Derek Grant and, and Nate Thompson on a three and four scene. You guys are familiar with Nate Thompson, obviously. But I, I think the key to this series, if they can hold down the Kevin Hayes line and not the, the Couturier line, they got a shot here. I think that's the more dangerous right now because they really performed very, very well. They were on top of their game. Um, and then connecting is very, very fast. So the defense really has to watch out and play off and make sure he doesn't get he doesn't beat them routinely here. But I think that's the more dangerous line coming into the series is the Kevin Hayes line. Mm -hmm. No, that sounds about right to me. And it's and again, it's going to have to see just how will. Suzuki get that matchup? Will Dano right. go back to uh, trying that all that out? It's really it's gonna be very cool to see how that particular both benches for the Habs and the Flyers how they're gonna handle these games because in at one point or another every one of those bench bosses have coached the Habs at some point right. <laughs> and it's exactly. just it's a very it's an interesting story going into it on top of you know historically. The 2010 dream run of sorts that the Habs yeah. had ended with yeah. the Flyers, and they haven't faced each other since then in the postseason. At least I don't believe so. And it's going to be a return yeah. to that. And well, <laughs> both of the both Vignon and uh, Julien were coaches in the league mm -hmm. at that point, and it's going right. to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, and it depends, like. How much traffic, like Carter Hart was great in the two games he played in his 966 save percentage in two games, right? Like how much traffic can you get in front of him? Can it be, can Gallagher be a pest in front? Like how healthy is Gallagher? I think that's a key right. for this team, right? Yeah. I mean, he can get in front of the net and just, and you know, disturb Carter Hart a little bit and take him off his game. That's fine. So it's, it's going to be a very interesting series because a lot of these players don't have any playoff experience or don't have don't have a lot of it. So it's going to be very interesting. And now the Habs climb. Here's the thing. The Habs climb this really big mountain. They climb Everest. So now are they out of breath from climbing, climbing Everest? Or do they just take more oxygen in, take another oxygen check and climb another mountain? Right? Because if they can beat Philly, to be honest with you, they can beat anybody. Like the, right now the Phillies are one seed. Could they beat Tampa without Stamkos and and, and Hedman, probably. Can it beat Boston or Washington? I give them a chance. Boston doesn't look too good. I'm picking Carolina off of Boston. 
right? So yeah, it, right. it depends on, on like what their mindset is. Have they relaxed? Have they said the job isn't done? Um, will they bask in the because everybody's throwing roses at them right now? Like what a massive upset, unbelievable, great play by everybody. Like what's their mindset coming into this series? It's a longer series. Right. If they win game one, see, winning game one in this series is not as impactful as winning game one in, in, in the five game series. Like Pittsburgh was behind the eight ball right away. They had to have a sense of urgency. They did win game two, much shorter series. If they did win game one, it's not as impactful, but it will set the tone. So it's going to be really, really interesting seeing how it demands is because they've had time off. Like it's not like they won game seven and they're going in and playing and like, hey, we're celebrating. We beat you know a team that we nobody thought we could beat. And when the next day we're playing, they've had some time off to practice, to think about things. And now they'll get going again on Wednesday. So they've had enough time to decompress over climbing that big mountain. My question is, can they climb? They keep climbing these mountains. Well, I'm not concerned about their mentality because it starts at the top and Shea Weber is not going to let anybody relax. Right. So yeah. I'm not worried about that at all. But what I was, um, um, oh, shoot. I had a thought and it went away. Sorry. Okay. Oh, no. Regroup. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Line change. Oh. I need to you ever. Okay. Um, it's gone. Okay. Well, something I was just thinking about and something that um, uh, people have mentioned every once in a while is just uh, with less games, it's also going to be easier on the ice for maintenance and whatnot because there were some weird things going on with some plays, uh, with the puck especially. Um, I think one of the segments they were talking about is that, well, the pucks weren't all the way frozen, so you have a puck moving and all of a sudden it stops while somebody's trying to, you know, just dribble with the thing. So it's going to be cool to see, uh, you know, how much the quality of play improves because of that because Mm. looking at some of the games in the round robin and uh, in the qualifying there were things happening that you can either say well they haven't played hockey for four or five months sure or the ice is you know getting a beating because we're using it like what was it five uh, four five six times a day or so yeah but dave it's same for both teams Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right the winning players say yeah it's the same you know and i think the, the players that lose those games the pros say it's the same for both teams. So the quality of play may not be there, but just a But again, we're, we're in August. We're playing three games on an ice surface. You, you, it, perfection went out the window in March, the middle of March. <laughs> yes. lesson, it went yeah. out the window. So all this stuff about the draft and this and that, like, stop complaining. People just like to complain. That's what I've learned over the last four and a half months. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. I want the best of the half fans saying, I won't watch hockey when it comes back. Yeah. Really? You're not watching this next series? Sure. The Habs are up 2-1, beating Pittsburgh, playing Pittsburgh in game four. You, you didn't tune in. You didn't go on social media. You didn't want to know who was going to win that series. BS. It's like there's yeah. just so much complaining. That's the problem. Absolutely. That's the issue. You don't want perfection. right? It's just not perfection. Hopefully this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Do the Habs get a benefit of being the 24th best team and getting in the playoffs? Yeah, they got a benefit, but then they went and won. They went and won the games. Like they outplayed that team. So don't blame them. Don't blame the league. Stop blaming the league for everything. There's just a mm-hmm. bunch of there's a faction of fans who say they're fans, but they hate the game because they they criticize and are negative about everything that 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 happens in this league, which is kind of stunning. So yeah, I just think that the it, the, the ice surface is going to be great. But imagine, look, it's no different day than in June. If we had a normal year, and it was June, it was a Stanley Cup final, and eighteen thousand people in the building at Bell Center or Edmonton or Toronto, wherever, all that humidity from the fans in the, in the summertime 
would be really tough too. So you're not you you can assume that when you get to the playoffs, you're not going to have great ice because most of the places it's going to be a warm building, you're going to have a, a, a packed arena. So to use that, and I get it, the, the degree of play might be good, but you know what? It didn't stop Connor McDavid from making great plays, and it didn't stop Carey Price from stopping the puck, right? Did kind of stop Freddie Anderson from stopping the puck there yesterday, but Ooh. other than that, um, I just think it, it's it's a convenient out for teams that lose. And if you have that mentality, you're going to lose anyway. Now on the head. Absolutely. Now, speaking of things that happened to the league, and we can, we can talk about the Leafs a little bit too, but um, wow, the New York Rangers. Yes. How about that, grabbing the first overall pick? Uh, for those that didn't watch uh, the lo- the second, uh, what do they call it? The second draft of the lottery or whatever phase, happened tonight. Phase two. Phase two of the lottery. Phase that's two. right. We got phases back, right? But that's the last time we're talking about that for now. <laughs> so um, more than likely, Lafreniere is going to be a New York Ranger. And um, yes. for myself and thinking narratives and thinking teams building, uh, it makes total sense for the Rangers to grab um, a, another star player to compliment Kako uh, Capo. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I got that right. And Panarin yeah. and... Um, the uh, the next iteration of goalie that they have after uh, Hank. So of all the teams and with all, and like you say, people like to complain while well, the Rangers were out of the playoffs before, and they were most likely going to be in the lottery anyway. Well, mm-hmm. here you go. <laughs> um, okay. So a couple of things. Mm. Uh, the Rangers on left wing have Artemi Panarin and Chris Kreider. Their second line center behind Mika Zibanejad is Ryan Strome. So to be honest, to fill the need that they have, they should pick Byfield. They won't, but they should. Ooh. And I'm kind of hoping for that because I'm in LA and in LA we get a left hand here. But but now the thing. <laughs> All right, now it's coming out. Yeah, no, no. Somebody, wait, wait, Byfield, somebody write this down. Wait, wait. Byfield's going to be a great player. <laughs> He's going to – he's the comparable is Kopitar, and I've talked to Kopitar. He asked me what do you think of this kid, and I'm like, well, he's comparable as you. He goes, no, I could use another guy, another me on the team, right? So <laughs> I think it's – even though Panarin plays left wing, he's a right shot. So what you would do is you put Alexi on the left left side, put Panarin on the, on the right side, and put Bushnevis on the second line. But um, they have more of a need at center than wing, okay? So, so that's it. So with respect to the Rangers getting it, um, I've been fighting a Twitter battle over the last hour before I came on with you guys because oh. you know, what wound up happening with this draft lottery after everybody said it was going to be a disaster because we didn't know the team who was going to select. And I said, let's see who actually gets to pick before you tell me it's a disaster. Well, the Rangers, who a wouldn't have been in the playoffs in a regular year because they were a 10 seed, they would have been out, and who got swept pretty easily by Carolina – like that's not unfair that they got that pick. They are still, um, they are in a rebuild right now, and they would have had a shot in a normal year in the lottery to win it. So the Buffalo Sabre fans is other fans, and I'll tell you something else. People are overestimating the impact of a first overall pick, and I'll give you this a two. I'll give you two facts, not not opinions, facts. The last first overall pick to win a Stanley Cup, Patrick Kane in 2007. It's been 13 years. The last 10 teams to pick a first overall pick, if you combine how many playoff rounds they've won since they've made those picks, two. Edmonton won and Colorado won. So all these great players like like 
Jack Goose and Rasmus Dahlin and Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, it's no guarantee. Don't complain about it. Even if Pittsburgh or Edmonton are one, what's, what's the first overall picks ever done for Edmonton? Like they couldn't beat Chicago with, with Connor and Leon, right? Pittsburgh oh. lost to the Habs and their guys are done. So, so in this day and age with a hard cap, with a lot of parity, one player does not make a difference. And you could tell me that, and you're going to tell me that Lafreniere is going to be better than Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews. I don't think so. I think what he is is probably Jonathan Uberdo. And Jonathan Uberdo is a great player. He's the third overall pick. And how's Florida done with the postseason with them? Like they haven't won a playoff, I think, in, since 2007, right? So, so again, I, I think people are, are just, again, if people want to criticize the process. I'm like, if you can't give this league latitude for a year that's been unprecedented, hopefully it never happens again because this has been sad for a lot of people, like, then, then I don't know what to tell you. Then don't root for the sport. Don't watch the sport. Right. You need some latitude here. And the one up as well, if another team had got the pick, whatever, I mean, Pittsburgh needs the help. Right. And they're not that good. Like, last time I checked, they got to trade a goaltender. The goaltenders were any good. And the defense stumped. And the coach got out coached. So it's not like that. If you put Lafreniere on Pittsburgh, there's no guarantee they would have won the cup. He would have been fine. He would have been great. All right. Whatever. But again, I think people are just overweighting the effect that one player has on this league. It, it's a 23-man roster. You, you ice 20 people a night. And if you have good goaltending and defense, guess what? You're never going to win. And that's what happened with Pittsburgh. That's what happened with Edmonton. So the fact you're going to add a left winger, and he's got to be, guys, he's got to be a really dominant winger to win a Stanley Cup. Like I mentioned, Patrick Kane is a dominant player. He's a winger. But normally it's a center, it's a defenseman, it's a goaltender. Like wings don't dominate. Look, Artemi Pernarin was a dominant player this year. Right. He's a top three heart player uh, nominee. He didn't do anything against Carolina because Carolina had the better team because you really can't control that much of the game from wing. So, again, these people who were getting on their soapbox saying it was a disaster. I don't know. A team that needs the help got the help. And that's the windup of it. I don't care who would have won it. But again, you know, people saying Detroit should have won it because they had the worst team by far. I'm like, well, blame these other teams that tried to dump like Buffalo to get uh, uh, Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews. Like, that's where this came from, that they were afraid that teams were going to throw the season, trade away all the players to get the first overall pick. But if you're smart and you look at it, you need a lot of good players on your team to be successful in this league. That That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That's now, my speech, I'm done. That's perfect. <laughs> no, no, that's that's something. No, a lot of people got to hear that because, uh, you know, we're very Habs-centric. We're the happy yeah. hour, of course. And of course. Uh, we deal with the Montreal base a lot. And, wow, there's yeah. – um. I mean, you got some passionate people there and Montreal for the past you know, few years hasn't been all that great in the regular season, missed the playoffs a number of times uh, making a, a, and a bit of history. I remember reading this uh, with the Habs uh, beating Pittsburgh. They avoided mm-hmm. setting a historical precedent of missing the playoffs in consecutive years. So right. don't have to worry about that anymore. Right. But people keep track of this stuff. And because of the lack of success. I feel that the attention becomes so centered upon the draft and it means Mm -hmm. if we get a higher pick, that's success as opposed to the team actually being successful playing with what they have. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that going on too. There's there's a lot of, there's no guarantees that Kakanyemi was the third overall pick. He really, until now, you can say he's a disappointment. Now understand, but Hatchin's got to look at the big picture. You got to look at this draft. 
They've got their pick. They've got three second-round picks, two three third-round picks, and yes. three fourth-round picks, right? That's a lot of draft capital. And if you're not going to move up, you can trade for players or whatever. You know, it's going to be a hard – the hard cap at 82 is, is going to be – there's some teams out there going to have to trade some good players. And then you look at the Habs, they've got 16 players signed, and they've got 18 million in cash space. Can they go out and get another player next year? They probably can, right? They, they, they probably can. Now, Max is on a contract. He's, a, he's arbitration eligible. But you look at all that draft capital, like, A, you could trade it for some, so, uh, an established player. Or B, now it's on it's on the amateur scouting group to find good players in there. And one of the picks is Chicago, which is going to be a relatively high pick, right? So, so there's where you strike gold. That's where L.A. is right now because they had all that draft capital and they were smart and they were picks. So now – they're supposedly the next best thing in the next couple of seasons because they had eight or nine prospects that they gathered. So I think this is a critical season, off season for the Habs because they may have opportunity to, to grab a, a decent player because other, like a Tampa, let's say, who's cap strapped. Now, if, if Berge was really smart, you know what he did? He'd offer sheet Shurgachev. Right. <laughs> I was about to say. I was about to say. <laughs> right? If they have absolutely no room and they have contracts, but look, he can be aggressive. Plus, if the amateur scouting team comes through and they make good, make some good picks, they can add to a, what's now a growing core, right? Because coming into the season, you didn't know about Suzuki. You weren't sure about Kakanyemi, right? But now you are. Now you say, okay, they did it in the big spot. So the expectation, now I know, and I know it's Habs fans, and it's a tough market, and the fans are really, you know, could be really vicious at times. But now what's happened, which you guys can judge if it's good or bad. I'll let you do that. Like right now, the expectations for next season are raised, right? They must make the playoffs next year, right? Or else people will be coming for Bergie's head again. Like be based on the success that they've had against Pittsburgh. Now people are going to expect them to make the postseason, right? So then that that so what do you do to improve this team? Because the roster, look on its face, the roster needs some work. So that's the question: What do they do with these three second round picks? What do they do? Um, in free agency, or I don't think it's going to be a good play. What do they do in the trade market? They have the opportunity to improve this team and just, you know, just vault off the success they've had in this postseason. Absolutely. And the other thing that uh, Mark Bergevin can do at the draft, because he's got like 11,000 picks, yes. he can make a big trade. Yes. You can. Right. Yes. And there are going to be teams that are cap strapped. I mentioned yes. Tampa. Tampa's going to be. Jim up against a capital team like Dallas, um, that th- he has the opportunity for some teams that are going to have some trouble on the cap. Um, and I keep pointing to Tampa because they have a lot of good players. And, you know, back in the day, Tyler Johnson forever was room, rumored to go into Montreal. Um, so they, he's going to have an opportunity. And you know what? Look, hasn't done great in free agency. Like drafting, okay. He's made great trades. He's absolutely yeah. made great trades. I mean, the tar trade worked out for both sides, but he's made great trades. That's what he done. Shea Weber, great trade. He's made great trades. Mm-hmm. So that's what you hope for. And, and I, I don't think, look, there's only one or two, like, legit free agents, like, you know, uh, Taylor Hall, who might fit, who would probably be a good fit, or um, Alex Petrangelo, um, who probably wants to stay in St. Louis. There's not, like, a big-time free agent you'd want to go after here in the postseason. It wouldn't be Braden Holpe. Obviously, they don't, goal, they don't need a goaltender. There's not a lot to do in free, unrestricted free agency. So, yeah, so you're right, V. It could be a big trade. He has the capital to make a big trade. Maybe he'll trade for Lafreniere. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> the Leafs oh. looks like, please, 
please, sir, may I have a pick? <laughs> that would be a king's ransom. But, hey, you know, you, when it comes to Bergevin, and he said it himself, you know, expect the unexpected. Yep. So, yeah. And, and it, that's, that's a whole universe of stuff that I don't think we have a set date for, really, like the draft. We don't know when the draft is going to be yet, do we? Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, in October, late October. I, I don't October. I think so. Yeah, it's going to be. And then it's because it's what's going to happen is there's going to be the season's going to end. Then there's going to be um, free agency and then the draft. Gotcha. OK. Now, in particular with the cap, you mentioned 82 before. I was hearing that it was going to stay stagnant at 81 and a half. But one um, half. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's correct. Oh, OK. No, nope, I was just I, I was just wondering if uh, be you flat knew. for the next two seasons and then. Yeah. Uh, then move on. Yep, and that's going to be, like you said, tough for more than a few teams. It's, it is. It's going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. So I got my thought back. Oh, good. Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what I was going to say about the, uh, uh, the series with Philadelphia mm-hmm. is that, um, th- I mean, I, I believe that they're going to be, be motivated anyway, but everybody's picking the Flyers. Yeah. To win. So, I mean, still, you know, the chip on the shoulder and everything else. And it's it's eerily reminiscent of the year that we beat Pittsburgh when Mm -hmm. everyone shocked the world and beat. No, sorry, we beat the Capitals. We beat Pittsburgh and we shocked the world. And so it's it just kind of feels the same way. Well, you know, you can use the same mentality if you're called Julian. Exactly. Guess what? Nobody's picking us again. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go out and not be intimidated. And and just the one thing is, like, the Philly doesn't have the star power that Pittsburgh has. Like, you could be intimidated when you when Nick Suzuki goes out there and he's opening face-off and it's Sid Crosby. That's intimidating, right? Or it's Gino Malkin he's facing off against in the last, you know, with a minute to go in a game, a one-goal game. You're not necessarily intimidated by Sean Couturier or Kevin Hayes or Derek Grant. Right. So I think that right. there's less star power on that team. And that's a team that we really don't know about in the postseason. That's, that's what I would say. Claude. Like put up their record in the postseason. They haven't made the postseason in a while. And they've got a 21 year old goaltender. And, you know, and I think that's a challenge to Carey Price. Like, Carey, you should outplay. You should outplay Carter Hart. You should not yes. lose this series because of goaltending. Right. So there, there are positive aspects to this team. If they play defense like that and their tenacity is there. Um, and they're opportunistic. They don't go into the box too much, and they play smartly. They will make this a difficult series for Philly. But I understand why everybody's picking Philadelphia because Philadelphia looked like they really gave a crap in the first, in the in the round robin. They were playing hard. Yeah. They wanted to win yeah. those games because I think they've never been there, right? That that's the difference between Philly and Washington and Boston. Washington and Boston have been there before, right? They yeah. don't care. They clearly didn't care. Like Philly's never been there before. So like, hey, we so AV smartly said, like, we got to win these games. We're playing these games to win. And now he can go in the room and tell Claude, Claude, you got to wake up the rest of the guys and join us like because they all played hard and you didn't really do crap. So and by the way, the draft is on October 6th. Free agency is October 9th. You heard it here. Okay. Okay. October 9th. Yeah, but you're right. This is not this is not like if you look at the predictions, I haven't looked yet. I don't think anybody's saying Philly in four now. No, no, no. Philly in six, Philly in seven. So because they know that this is going to be competitive because they figure out that Claude's going to find some sort of scheme that's going to limit the chances <laughs> for Philly, and they assume that Carey's going to play the same way because he's on. He's I'm, and I had questions about Carey. You know, I think the last time I talked to you guys, I wasn't sure about him. Didn't look yeah. like he wanted to get on the plane. He said everybody's going to have to play <laughs> over their heads for us to win. 
But obviously he was, you know, he cared. He was, he was dialed in and he played fantastically well. So, and right now you have to argue if the team actually went all the way and won, he's got to be, you know, he would be in the conversation for a con Smythe as crazy as that sounds. It sounds very sane to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, but sounds great for us. (laughs) Okay. Easy. 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 It's a tough crowd. It's a tough crowd. Well, and and Shea Weber loves it, right? He loves being the underdog. And yeah. No mm-hmm. matter what, no matter what series we play in from here on out, we're going to be lower ranked. Yeah. So yeah. perfect. Yeah. You're gonna play the best team every time, the yeah. best remaining team every time. But yeah. you know what? That's a that's a challenge to the team, because again, I'm sure the same in the room. Does it matter now? Like, does it matter? Nobody picked us to win Pittsburgh. Does it matter? Does everybody have a shot here? They do. Yeah. Like, if you play the right way, you're going to have a chance to bid. You, you're going to have an opportunity. Philly's not going to come in and do, blow the doors off. They might win the series. I don't think it's going to be short. I think it's going to be challenger. And I think they can get away with it. Now, like I mentioned, the four guys that we talked about really need to step up and and add and chip in offensively. Because if they go through another series without Domi, Tatar, Gallagher, and Dono not scoring, I, you know, I won't have to come back on this podcast and explain why, you know, Montreal beat be Philadelphia. They're going <laughs> to need more. Right, they're going to need more. This is a longer series with a team that's probably as motivated as they are because they they have stuff to prove. Believe it or not, they haven't done anything in the postseason. Well, and Montreal also won that series against Pittsburgh without a power play. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, I can't even Sorry. get started on Sorry, that. David. <laughs> Sorry, David. <laughs> Sorry. Special teams like... drive me nuts. Drive me crazy, but I, if they win it, hey, great. Their but, PK man, was uh, good. Yeah, but here's the here's the thing. A power play would be nice. <laughs> But here's the thing. You can't think that you're going to go in there and, like, I'll give you an Edmonton was 30% conversion. Now, in the deciding game, I think they were over 6 or over 7. At some point in time, you're going to hit A, a hot goalie, or B, they're going to figure out a better defense against you. If you think you're going to go in a series and win it on your, on your power play, you're not going to win the series. You have to be the better team 5-on-5. Five five. And that's, yes. what, that's what happened with Montreal and Pittsburgh. Yeah. They were the better team 5-on-5. Five like you have your, and that's why Edmonton lost. They're not a good five-on-five team, and that's why I picked them to lose against Chicago because they stunk five-on-five and they didn't have a goaltender they could trust. Montreal has both those things. They played well five-on-five. They have a goaltender they can trust. So are they dangerous now? Yeah. The thing about it is, though, the one thing I will say is they're not sneaking up on Philadelphia, though, mm-hmm. right? Had they played Philadelphia in the first round, they could have snuck up. Now, there's no. that's the one thing AV's going to say, hey, this team isn't any joke. Like, I know they were 24th, but guess what? Here's your wake-up call. Like, they're not, the one thing about it, they don't have the element of surprise. Like, Philly, if, they, if they're coached correctly, and I assume they were, they're going to be ready at the opening face-off of game one. They're not going to say, oh, we can just glide into the series. We came out of the run-robin. We won that. It's just Montreal. Now, if they're, I'm, I'm sure AV has this team watching video of this last series and say, this is a dangerous team. We can get beat. So that's the one element of surprise that maybe Montreal had over Pittsburgh that they won't have in this series. Well, I did yeah. see that um, they were talking to Nate Thompson. Mm-hmm. Yep. About, <laughs> about video from this series um, against Pittsburgh. So we'll see how that turns out sure yeah it um uh, it kind of reminds me of the uh, sochi olympics when um team usa was asking patch about how to beat price and mm-hmm. i think well patches uh, if I'm, I'm, i have to paraphrase it but i think patches said well you, you can't beat them 
mean, this, <laughs> yeah. this is 2014 price, but at the yeah. same time, with how Price was looking against Pittsburgh with some of the some of the saves he had, holy cow, he was definitely dialed in. And, yeah, uh, he was on his game. There's no doubt about it. If, he, if he's going to play it at 945, they're going to be a tough team to beat because it means he's going to get beat once or twice a game. So your goaltender is going to have to match save for save, and then you put the pressure on Carter Hart. He's never done this before, right? He's never done it. He, he's on uncharted ground. So, again, there are there, – I think there's like – there's paths here to make this a deep series. Again, I'm not picking the Habs in the series. Sorry, guys. I might get my butt kicked again you know, in two weeks. All right, two but, weeks. But, Let's get Dennis back on. But, and... there's, but, there's, there's, <laughs> but I can see paths to them making this a challenge for Philadelphia, like because of the way they play, because Philadelphia's never been here before and had the experience of going deep in the playoff run over the coach has. That there's opportunities here for the Habs, like be smart, don't take penalties. Um, matchups is going to be important, obviously, in every series. And maybe the Kevin Hayes line just had their great run in the in the round robin, and maybe they cool off. Those players haven't proved anything. What's Kevin Hayes or Travis Konechny done in a postseason? Like not much. Scott Long, not much. Right. So again, they have the one luxury of playing a team that isn't battle tested in the postseason, like Pittsburgh was, but they took care of that team relatively easy. And those numbers, Kerry's numbers um, in the quote-unquote postseason, I believe they're the best of his career. When, I, I don't know if it's – I don't think it would be much better than 945, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it's, it's, and, again, he's he's got to be there. Other than maybe Shea, he's got to be their MVP, right? And the one thing is, like, you're not going to have a guy score 10 goals in this round. right? I would be shocked that these are going to be – the type of games that you saw against Pittsburgh, they're going to be close to the best. And that's what that's what the Habs want to do, right? Habs don't want to get into track meet against any against anybody. They don't have the offensive firepower to, to win games 5-4-3, you know, 6-5. They've got to win these games 2-1-3-2. So that's on claw to make make sure he has the right matchups and make their approach correctly. But again, that, that's why there's – I wouldn't say it's pressure on Kerry because he never feels pressure. But, yeah, I think right now he is the top save percentage – in the postseason right now. I think Cam yeah. Tabbitt's, yeah, Cam Tabbitt's 945, he's 947. He's had a great, great series, and he faced a lot of shots, too. I mean, he, faced, he faced 133 shots. That's a lot of shots to face. So, again, if he's going to play at this level, they're going to have a legitimate chance to, to, to make this a difficult time for Philadelphia. Very exciting. Yeah. Really is. I'm yeah. pumped. I'm pumped. <laughs> and they get and Brendan Gallagher had you know what is it four or five days yeah uh, to to rest that ankle or whatever's mm-hmm. whatever's wrong with him because yeah, he wasn't at 100 yeah yeah no it, look it, the rest will help I, I think the rest will also help um Weapon. the rest will also help um emotionally and like to, to reset you need a reset yeah right I mean they got to reset they go okay Guys, it's great, and I'm sure the, the press and the media have blown them up in, in Montreal, but, like, they, you know, it's over now. Now we're yeah. to the next round. So what are you going to do now? What are you going to do for an encore? So that, that's the challenge. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. It was interesting today. I don't know um, if, you were, if you were listening to 690 at all, but they played um, the audio of Dale Weiss and Philippe Dano. Mm-hmm. Um, at their press conference. And when Weiss was asked by Luc Gelina about um, the draft lottery tonight, 
mm-hmm. and if he was going to be watching. And his answer was, <laughs> he almost laughed. He said, we've got so much on our minds right now. And all we're thinking about is the series with Philly. Yeah, so yeah. that was his first natural answer. Yeah, well, they don't have a shot. I mean, if they, if they got eliminated against Pittsburgh, then I would, they were probably watching. But now they have no vested interest in it. I don't know wh- where they're going to land at this point. But, yeah, um, yeah I, why would you be fo- – I mean, as a distraction maybe, as a day off? <laughs> you know, the at 6 o'clock in, 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 you know, 6 o'clock Eastern, probably maybe you're not doing much. But other than yeah. that, no, I, I just um, – nope. no, they, they, you have to be if, – if look, if you're not focused on beating – the Philadelphia Flyers at this point in time, um, you're probably playing the wrong sport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That, that, that's so. And guys, you know, some of those questions in the press conferences are, um, yeah, I don't know what some of those guys are thinking. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm on a lot of those calls and I rarely ask questions. I just want to listen to the players respond because it's usually the same damn questions every time. So, yeah. you know, and, and the, you know, the draft order kind of from Montreal said, I think they're what's, 16, I think. I'm not really sure. 16. Right? Yeah, they're 16. Yeah. So. It's no, the highest. A, yeah, they'll get a decent player. Uh, but um, but yeah, I don't know why they'll be watching other than maybe they have a they have a personal relationship with Lafreniere. Maybe they want to root for him. But other than that, um, yeah, yeah you got to be focused on winning these games now. Yeah. The second half of that question was, um, and will how will you feel if Pittsburgh wins the lottery? Yeah. Like they don't care. No, I don't, like they clearly didn't care. They they did not. They weren't interested in Lafreniere. <laughs> it's one player. It's like, one player, right? And he doesn't play defense, and they need defensemen. So it's not gonna. It, it, it's like people go crazy. It's like oh, Lafreniere playing with Sid Crosby is not fair. I don't know. Leon Drysaddle plays with Connor McDavid. Was it fair? They lost in four games to the twenty third seed. Like, it's not that easy. People don't understand. It's not that easy. It's just just people want to complain, but they don't go. Here's the problem with fans. They don't do the research. Like, I went and did the research. I'm looking at the last 10 first overall picks. They've won two playoff rounds total. It's not like that. You need, like, that's why you need your second and third and fourth round picks to come through for you. That's why you got to be smart with trades. That's why you got to be smart in free agency. It's not that easy. It's just not. And if it is, if you think it is, and you think it was unfair, like talk to the Edmonton Oilers. They've had four first overall picks, and yeah. where are they right now? It's just, it's just fans that are uneducated that just want to complain about crap on social media. To be honest. Well, and they also have amnesia because it was right around this time last year that everybody was talking about how the Devils were going to ha- win the cup because oh, yeah. they had Hughes, they had Kiki Subban, and they had crap. Taylor Hall. It's in. Just yep. give them the cup I, right now. I keep going. You know, <laughs> I keep going back to that. Here's the what happened. At the end of the season, Jack Hughes was on the left wing. He wasn't even playing center. Capo Capo <gasps> was on the fourth line. Now, Capo played better in, in the playoffs. Uh, he went to the third line. But guess what? His team got swept in three games. Yeah. So the, the, so the stuff about, like, he's and Jack Hughes was supposed to be better than Lafreniere. Lafreniere is like a foundational player. He's part of your foundation. He's not generational. He's, he's not Connor McDavid. He's not Austin Matthews. But Jack Hughes was supposed to be this – Found, you know, generational player who comes off one of them. He's so fast. His edges are great. And da da da. You go look at his numbers. Like they were awful. He's he's little. He's skinny. He has to grow into his body. You think he's 18? And I know Lafreniere is a bigger player. I think he's six one, maybe you know, 195. But 
you can't think of an 18-year-old coming into this league and going to dominate. Like, you know, there's one player that did to some extent. It was Connor McDavid, and then he got injured in his first season. It doesn't work like that. It's people are dreaming. Like, if they watch the Rangers play and they realize that Brian Strom's their second-line center and he had a career year, so maybe he won't be as good as he was last year and as great as Panarin was, he didn't do anything in the postseason. And the defense is kind of a disaster with Tony D'Angelo and, and, and Ryan Lindgren and players playing over their heads. you got to be careful to criticize this whole process and think that, that Alexis Lafreniere is going to solve anything. Even a Habs fan. Look, even if they got him, like, he still doesn't play center, and they still need their number one center. And maybe it's Ron Suzuki. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's Jesperi down the line. But it doesn't solve it doesn't solve bad drafting, bad free agency, or bad trades. It doesn't solve that. It's one player on a 40-person you know, or 50-person roster. Exactly. Amen. Right. Amen. <laughs> well, you know what it is. He's a cool backer. So, you know, you know yeah. how it is. No. <laughs> well, I said the last time when you guys, would have been great. Well, I'll ask you the question. It would have been great to see that player play at, at Bell Center next season. Now, would you trade that for this playoff victory against Pittsburgh? No. No. Okay. I want these kids. I want yeah. the kids that we got. Yeah. yeah. And the ones that are coming. You might get a good player at 16. You never know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. unless we're drafting 31st. Mm. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. You I see trust where him. I'm going okay. with that? <laughs> Anything. Is that, is that your prediction? You're going to draft 31st? <laughs> Okay. I hope so. Okay, let's get let's get Dennis in at the end of October. And- <laughs> October fifth. <laughs> the um shoot, I had a thought now and I lost it. <laughs> now it's gone. Oh, sorry, Dave, it, you were talking Veronica, about the this kids. Is your fault. I know. Man. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Left I, in it, here. It, it's lost me. I I don't, I don't have That's it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anything no. else, Dennis? No, I wish you guys luck. It's unprecedented. It, it, it's, it was a fabulous victory. I feel great for the Habs fans. Um, they needed some, you know, it, look, it was a bad season. They lost four times to Detroit. Like, nobody picked you to beat Pittsburgh. I think it's wonderful. Look, you know I have, you know, affection for this city. I'm on, uh, and for the franchise, I'm on the air in Montreal every week. So I love Habs fans. I love the passion that they have. So I'm, I'm happy for them. That, that they got this victory because it's a, you know it shows us a little light at the end of the, the tunnel. Your two young centers that, look to win a series with two 20 year old centers, I guess two year top three. I think that's a great accomplishment for this team. Uh, I'm glad to see that the fans were rewarded. I'm glad to see that the fans who said that they weren't going to watch and wanted the shot at the first overall pick are now basking in the glow of a victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I'm happy for the fans and uh, want to wish you good luck in the uh, in the next round. Thank you. Thanks, I think I remembered it. Oh, yeah. That's what I wanted to say. Somebody that we haven't mentioned at all that's going to be coming in next year for the Habs is Alexander Romanov. Yes. Talking about defense and everything. And with how Kulak is playing against Pittsburgh, holy heck. Who would have thought Brett Kulak would step up the way that he did? So it's just there are so many surprises that we don't know about until – you know, a big opportunity comes and a player takes it. So uh, the training camp come October now, (laughs) 
yeah. or, or actually whenever, whenever the training camp happens, it's going to be yeah. super interesting defense wise for the Habs. No, and- Romanoff's going to be a good. Yeah. Romanoff is definitely a, a second pair solid defenseman for a long time in this league. So he's going to be, he's going to be exciting to watch. It's, it's an aspect I think that the, the defense needs. And yeah, maybe like I, from Toronto, I expected that because he was underrated. And Brett Kulak, we'll see. Like, I, I want to see that. And, and look, the one thing is, the one good thing, another good thing about playing in this next series, you're going to get to see these guys more than just four games. You're going to see how the Kulaks play and the Suzuki's play over now mm-hmm. 11 or 12 games, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a little better indication because, again, people say, hey, they were just on a hot streak. But now we're going to see a different team, a different coach, a different lineup how they do. So with respect to the guys that we're not sure about, you're going to get a true test in this round because now it's going to be the number one seed again, right? And it's going to be a seven game series. Yes. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I can't well, wait. I'm so excited. I'm excited. Do we have anything else for Mr. Bernstein this evening? I think, I think I, I, I asked my question about Kurt Kanyemi, which I was very interested in. Um, you would be. You would be. <laughs> Um, no, I think. Do you have any questions, Beth? No, I just I I kept my promise. Yes, <laughs> you sure did. I picked Pittsburgh in two, and now I'm showing up to say I was totally wrong, like everybody else was wrong, <laughs> except for maybe you three. So, were you at all surprised what, to hear from me, Dennis? <laughs> no, I expected to hear from you as soon as that <laughs> that wasn't one off of Game Four. Yeah, no, I was not. I was not. I was checking my DMs. Like, all right. <laughs> Okay, that was a little late. It's been five minutes since the game was over. I totally expected to be on with you you guys. Thanks so much. No, no, I'm happy to do it. You guys are amazing. I love the passion. I love being on. It's so much fun being on. And when I come on with you guys, the hour flies. So it's it's really It totally does. Glad you asked me back. Thanks, Dennis. We'll be happy to have you anytime. All right, good luck against Philly. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Have a good night. Cheers. Good night. And he and just takes himself right off. He's got you. He's so tech savvy, that Bernstein. <laughs> I don't have to do a thing with him. It's amazing. <laughs> so we have some time to kill. Um, you know, we have a we have more than a few minutes. So yeah. Um, so everybody, that was Dennis Bernstein. Um, he was on uh, TSN 690 with uh, Chris Nyland today, and also with Sean Campbell as well. And uh, he talked about a lot of the points, about a lot of new stuff today, and he gave us dates. For free agency yes. in the draft, which I was not aware of. So I, he said October 6th for free agency and the 9th will be the draft, I believe. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote it. I typed it down as soon as yeah, he said it. Yeah, they're usually but, um, just a few days apart. But yeah, holy cow. What a um, Philly. He's so great. He is so great. And Philly yep. is going to be a fun series it's going to be so much fun i know that you guys are not we're not initially excited about it but i am so excited to watch this. well Actually, i'm not going to get to watch this hockey but i'm so excited to follow this series i um i mentioned oh, I'm, that i'm excited i mentioned that it was my nightmare until i looked up the injuries on (laughs) Philly's roster. And I didn't realize they were missing guys like Oscar Limblom. Well, Oscar and Patrick. Oh wait, Oscar Limblom, not Clef. Wait, is our, our Clefbaum and Limblom on the same team? Uh, Which one had chance? Tell you. Mm, 
Oh, I'm that was so Oscar. Oscar. But do, do, yes, but is it Lindblom or Kef Clefball? Are they on the same team? I don't know. It's, no? it's Oscar Lindblom. Okay. I'm probably getting yelled at by a listener right now. <laughs> probably. Nope, it was Oscar Lindblom and, yeah. Oh, yeah, Oscar Lindblom's injured. Oh, wait, he had cancer. cancer. Of course well, he's not going to play. Well, right, now well, I, now well, I understand why. I, well, isn't he better? In this, he's, he is well, in remission. Listen, I have information, <laughs> David McMurray. Listen. Well, for all you're like, well, isn't he better? <laughs> sort of. Listen, I have information. And when he was initially diagnosed and being treated, um... Believe the general manager of the Flyers, I can't remember, um, said, I asked his doctor um, if he would be able to play in April when they initially expected to play the playoffs. And the doctor at that time said no, but uh, it was it was very looking very good for September. So should uh-huh. should the Flyers make it past the Habs, he could play in the later round. Yeah. Well, that's too bad because they're not. Guess he's not going to yeah. be playing yeah. around. <laughs> no. And do you remember the GM's name? Chuck no, Fletcher. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Chuck Fletcher. See, oh, yeah. Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just finished the, uh, the season finale of um, uh, Perry Mason. Mason, too. So. Oh. Getting out there now, eh? <laughs> oh, that's, that's... Uh, and also I just want to say how glad I am about two things okay the Leafs are once again irrelevant oh my god they Praise are the today and Glory I am be. so happy did you guys see the video I sent to the to the chat how the yeah, ball with the, with the ball. rolled around yes. the rim before the <laughs> Rangers went up it wow <laughs> That's just how Leafs can you get. And also, we don't have to talk about Lafreniere anymore. Yeah, that's it. Done. Over. Yeah, it's, it's over. Yeah. Dennis made a great point, which I completely forgot about, in that, hell, the Rangers might not go for him. Who knows? Yes. I saw a Rangers? rumor about that, too, online. Rangers have a need, and Lafreniere, yeah. great player, but is maybe not going to be it. That's yeah. going to be fascinating fascinating and then Lafreniere ends up on the west coast Perfect. that'd be better for, great Bye. for Dennis who would be so happy <laughs> <laughs> well I tell you Veronica I was saying before that hey you know what with the draft nobody knows what's going to happen <laughs> love him we gotta He's we gotta best. meet up with him we gotta meet up with him once COVID's yes. over. Holy crap. Yeah, once COVID's yeah. over, go down to, go to California. For, yeah, for the California trip. Go to Cali. Trip. Go to don't go to Disneyland. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, please. Mm. Oh, One day. And yeah, another week of no positive tests. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely bubble. right. Just incredible stuff. A great feat by the NHL and the people that have put this all together. Yeah. Um, at least 7,000 tests have been conducted, not each day, I think uh, cumulatively over the past week yeah. and zero test, uh, zero positive uh, cases of COVID. 
So what they're doing is working. And um, as uh, Pierre Lebrun mentioned in a tweet today, maybe the entire NHL season should be in Canada next Yes. Year. It ought to be. I would be sad, but I would say okay. Yeah. I understand. God damn it. Well, yep. it can't be in Vancouver because guess what? Oh, somebody forgot we to wear a mask. have more cases per capita than Ontario. Good. Damn it. Columbia. And Frickin it's all a. the young kids. God damn those kids. Threading well, around. They're going to be dead soon anyway. Oh, brother. Sorry to say. So, so it can't be It can't be here. Because yep. gotcha. everybody's stupid. Or, or Montreal, I think, too. Because Montreal is still pretty... Uh, oh, yeah. And might I just say, why on earth... I mean, as uh, I once had young children... And I worked full time and I was single and I was doing everything on my own. Super mom. I cannot imagine what it would have been like if my kids were still little and school aged during this pandemic and mm. having to do my job and entertain them and homeschool them. And so I really, I, 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 I can sympathize with the plight of the parents of young children and but you can't send kids back to school before there's a vaccine because it's it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, that's my opinion. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. And now we're out of time. So anyway, um, sorry, sorry to end on that note. Is, no, no, it's okay. No, it makes sense. Uh, reopening schools will be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, the Habs are going to face uh, Philly. Whoop, whoop. Uh, the Rangers are going to go for Byfield instead. Yes. And uh, that's it. That's it. That's you covered it. it all. That's it. Good job. And Claude Great. Julian does not hate the children. So y'all no. can hush your mouths. That is yeah. completely true. And I was shocked that he put Nick Suzuki on the top line to go against Sid the Kid. But he did it. And Nick Suzuki was like, fine. Sure. I will. Put me in Thanks. Yep. Thanks, other dad. Oh, happy birthday, Nick Suzuki. Happy, happy birthday, Nick Suzuki. Happy birthday. Nick Suzuki. Oh, and also happy birthday to our listener. Oh, shit. Hold on, I'm looking. Oh, I can't believe you forgot about that guy's <laughs> name who I obviously remember. Oh, um, oh yeah, it. just, just, yeah. Happy yeah, birthday, happy birthday. One of our, one of our best friends and, and <laughs> great fan of the podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, just oh, a fantastic uh, fellow. Yeah, oh, it was on uh, Veronica's reply. It's not. It is um, it's on my reply. Uh, Gary Young at yes, Gary yes. 5043994899. <laughs> Gary or Jerry. I'm not entirely sure, happy but birthday. happy birthday. Happy birthday. And he's going to start too. listening to the podcast now. So, phew. <laughs> Yay. Okay. All right. So, happy what we're birthday gonna do tomorrow now, to Mark. Okay. Birthday. And yes. Is that what we're going to say? Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.